You're listening to a sermon preached at Cross and Crown in Melbourne. We believe that God speaks through the Bible and He calls us to preach the Word and proclaim His Gospel. We pray that as you listen, you will be strengthened to know, love and live for Jesus. Well, have you ever wondered, what's the point of baptism? You see, if you're not a Christian and you're visiting here today, this whole exercise of pouring water over someone, let's face it, it might just seem a little weird. If if you've been invited by one of our candidates, you might be thinking, look, mate, I'm here here because they're a mate, but, but I don't actually know what this is all about. But what exactly is my friend doing by getting baptized? It's a good question, isn't it? And it's an honest one. Now, look, it might surprise you to hear, but today... You're not just attending a baptism. No, you're attending a burial. You're witnessing the death of your friend. Now, that that sounds terrible, doesn't it? I mean, it should sound terrible. If it doesn't sound terrible, I think there's something deeply wrong. But, But if they're your good friend, you should be thinking to yourself, why do I want them to die? But today is another special day, isn't it? It's Easter Sunday. And on Easter Sunday, we celebrate that Jesus, that the perfect human, he died. He was buried. But he also rose again. You see, Jesus didn't just die our death. No, he defeated death. And that changes everything. It means this baptism, sure, it's a burial. Sure, it's a death of your friend, but it's much more than that. It's their resurrection. You see, you're seeing something far more than just your friend getting drenched by water. You're seeing their old lives being washed away. And you're seeing them receive a whole new life through Jesus. In today's passage that we just read, we we find a woman called Sarah. And you see, for her whole life, God has been promising her a new beginning. A new home where she can finally rest forever. A new life with many children and a new love in a perfect relationship with God. You see, for most of her life, Sarah was barren and unable to bear children. But at almost 100 years old, God finally gave her a child. He did the impossible. He brought life out of a lifeless lifeless womb, hope out of a hopeless situation, a new beginning out of a dead end. But even with God's promise of new life, no, in the end, Sarah still dies. You see, mortality is a stubborn thing, isn't it? Genesis 23 is the story of her husband Abraham finding a place to bury his wife. And of all places, he buries her in the land that God has promised. You see, they hadn't yet received that land. But Abraham buries Sarah in hope of the home that would one day be theirs. I mean, where better to be buried than in the land of promise? And so Abraham, he enters this bargaining process that would make any Asian haggler proud. In full public view, he pays for the land out of his own pocket. He wants to show everyone that this land belongs to him, that there can be no question about its ownership. You see, in many ways, this plot of land owned by Abraham is a concrete sign that one day 
God will give his people the new home he has always promised them. This land is like a down payment, a deposit, a bond of the new life that God will one day give. It's pretty weird, though, when you think about it, isn't it? I mean, if if this is about a promise of new life and a new home, why in the world would you give a burial property as the guarantee? It would be like going to a housewarming party or a baby shower and buying your friend a burial plot at Springvale Cemetery. I mean, what's so hard about a pot plant, really? I mean, a peace lily. At least it's a sign of new life. But the ground of God's promise is not a tree. It's a tomb. And that couldn't be more fitting. Because it shows that even though Sarah dies, God's promises live on. You see, God's promise of a new life is greater than death itself. And even though it looks like death has won the battle over Sarah, no, this tomb is actually a sign that it will not win the war. Death will not have the last word. This burial plot is a guarantee that God promises a new life that lasts beyond the grave. On Easter Sunday, we remember another death. We remember another burial. We come to the tomb, not of Sarah, but the tomb of Jesus. You see, Jesus is the only human to have ever lived a perfect life. He died an unjust death at the hands of the Roman Empire, all because he claimed to be God. He claimed to be the God who would bring about that new beginning that was promised to Sarah all those years ago. But when he was crucified, and when he was physically buried, it looked like Jesus was history's biggest hoax. As far as everyone could tell, death had the last word. You see, if Jesus really is who he said he is, if he was really bringing about a new life that extends beyond death, well, that hope now, friends, is literally as good as dead. It's buried in the grave. If Jesus' bones are still in the tomb, then can I tell you, God's promise of a new life is nothing more than a cruel joke. One of the things I love about the Bible is how honest it is. It reveals its Achilles heel to the world and says, look, if you want to interrogate us, if you want to tear down Christianity, here's where you should hit. But this is what the Bible says. If Christ has not been raised, then our proclamation is in vain, and so is your faith. You see, friends, if Jesus is still physically dead, then our six candidates today, your six friends today, they are wasting their time. In fact, don't feel happy for them. You should feel sorry for them. But if Jesus really rose from the dead, just entertain the thought for a moment. You might not believe it, but just make this a thought experiment, right? If Jesus really rose from the dead, if if he really defeated death, then surely all of us here have a hope that lasts beyond the grave because someone has actually defeated death for us. In Luke's biography of Jesus, three days after Jesus was physically executed and buried, a group of women come to embalm his corpse. You see, they're expecting him to be dead. But unlike Sarah's tomb, Jesus' tomb is empty. Two men appear to these women and speak these history-changing words. 
Why? Are you looking for the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. You see, friends, Jesus rose from the dead. He he defeated death itself and he proved what Sarah's tomb could only suggest. That God promises a new life that lasts beyond the grave. Sarah's tomb was the hope of a new life in God. Jesus' empty tomb is the proof of a new life in God. And on Easter Sunday, the world celebrates because the tomb is empty. Death is defeated and life is forever. And anyone who follows Jesus can receive what Jesus himself received. You can receive a new life that lasts beyond the grave. We don't have to be afraid of death anymore. We can even look death in the face and mock it saying, where death is your victory? Where death is your sting? If you're grieving the death of someone you love, if it feels like they're gone forever, never to be seen again, my dear friend, do not be afraid. The tomb is empty. Death is defeated. And life is forever. For all who follow Jesus. You see, in Genesis, we remember that Sarah died. At Easter, we celebrate that Jesus died and rose again. And in baptism, we're declaring it's not just Jesus who died and rose again. No, it's Isabel. It's Natalie. It's Lucy. It's Maggie. It's Sarah. And it's Matthew. See, baptism is a sign of the day on which their old lives died. And can I tell you, well, let me tell you, everything that went with them into the grave. When their old lives died, let me tell you what went into the grave. All their sin, all their guilt, all their fear, and all their shame. God nailed it all to the cross on which Jesus died. But that's only half the story because Jesus didn't stay dead. You see, baptism doesn't just describe the day in which these guys died. No, it describes the day in which they rose again with Jesus. It's a sign that they have a whole new life with no guilt, no fear, and no shame because Jesus buried it all. And now he's given them a new beginning, a second chance, and a fresh start. Their past need not decide their future. And your past need not decide yours. If we're honest, so many of us simply don't like the lives we live. We look at the life decisions we've made, and to be honest, we're ashamed of them. We're ashamed of them. We look back at the decisions that we've made in life, and some part of us just wishes that we could bury it all and start again. Well, guess what? That's exactly what God is offering you in Jesus. You're not a Christian. Jesus is offering you a new beginning that can start today and last forever. Not even death can defeat the new life found in Jesus. Sarah's tomb is the hope of God's promise. 
Jesus' empty tomb is the proof of God's promise. And baptism is the sign of God's promise. That for these six brothers and sisters, their old lives are dead. And they now have a whole new life through Jesus. Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into his death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in newness of life. Let me pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you that you rose from the dead and defeated death itself. That because of you, the tomb is empty, death is defeated, and life is forever. For all of us, God, who don't yet know you, who don't have that fresh start and new life in you, please, God, change our hearts. Open our eyes. Help us see our desperate need for Jesus. Help us see our desperate need for you. And if you don't trust in Jesus today and you want to bring and you want to take hold of that new life and new beginning and fresh start that he offers, why not pray with me right now? Dear God, I'm sorry for living as king and God of my own life. Please forgive me. Thank you that you have sent Jesus to die in my place to rise to new life, that because of him, my old life need not dictate my future. No, I can have a new life in Jesus. Thank you so much. Please forgive me. Please accept me. And please help me live a life that honors, trusts, and obeys you each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen.